The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Gambling day is here again. Look at that. That's the that's the one that really gets him going, isn't it? That's the one that gets him going. Uh, Dan Bespers, Neil Rochelani. It's Tuesday on Fantasy NBA Today. It's gambling day. Thought I'd bring you in with a little lounge music there. Uh, what's up, Ball with Neil? Hey, man. How you doing? I love I love your uh, show tunes. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you yeah. Um, When Neil and I are, are uh, recording this show on Hangout, for those that are unaware, we do not live in the same city or home. And despite the jokes of me moving my Nico Miritich recreational vehicle from city to city, uh, and Nico also playing in Chicago for a stretch. I, I have not ever um, been inside Neil's home. Uh, but when we connected, Neil, you heard me humming Super Mario Brothers. So it's been a weird stretch for you, I think. You're listening, <laughs> listening to me is often a very strange experience for people. But how's life otherwise? I know you got this weird schedule going on. You getting enough sleep to hang in there? No. Yeah. No, I'm not getting enough sleep, but it's it's uh, it's self inflicted. You know, I could. It's hard for me to go to bed early because I have to get up early, which means I, I should go to bed early. But it's just it's just not my natural rhythm. So I stay up later than I should. So anyway, um, but I'm doing fine. You know, right. when I'm on with you, everything's good. Oh, so I'm, I'm that's happy now. My heart, Neil. Be still, my heart. <laughs> You're making me blush over here. Uh, this is uh, Fantasy NBA Today. I mentioned that. He's at Ball with Neil. You guys probably caught on to that because that's what I called him. I'm at Dan Vespris on Twitter. This is a Hoop Ball and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. There are days, Neil, where I really wish that my body could process caffeine like a normal uh, adult human being. And today was, well, maybe I should say Monday was one of those days. Um, I, man, I... I, I I'm tired these days. I, there's no great reason for it, but I got to wake my butt up. And man, I wish I could just go to HawaiianIsles.com and get myself a bag of that good stuff. Oh, how I wish I could. You can do it at Amazon too. I wish I could go there and process some caffeine. I suggest other people do it and then think of me as you're sipping that rich Kona roast. How was that for uh, advertising for a product that you can't actually drink? I think I did a hell of a job there. You always do. I, I get Josh to do it because... When I, when I speak with him on Thursdays, because I, I just, uh, I'm not a good promoter, but you're oh, fantastic. You got to yeah. uh, go, go full carnival barker, Neil. That's the way you got to, you got to live it. Um, I mentioned it yesterday, by the way, it's recruiting season here at Hoop Ball. If you want to get involved on the pod side, the written side, the blurbing side, the team coverage side, hit us up at Hoop Ball Fantasy, at Dan Baspers, at Ball with Neil. Any one of us can get you to the right place. Whoever's doing the recruiting, if it's on the written side, we'll likely connect you with Mike Passador on the pod side. It'll probably be me that you have to deal with. So good luck to you on that front. Jeez. I heard that guy, the guy that runs the pod division is a real piece of work over here at hoop ball. Uh, and if it's, oh, wait, the so team, they don't have, I'm sorry. I keep going. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say, they don't have to go through Aaron Bruski first anymore. Like, oh, like no, I did. He, this, listen, the big dog is the final hurdle. Aaron Bruski waits in the wings. He's like the, if we're going to continue my Mario brothers thing here, <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm like Lenny Koopa, you know, he's like, I'm doing Mario three, by the way, where you have to like knock out all the different Koopa brothers before you get to Bowser in his weird floating upside down airplane. That's brew, man. That's the last level of your, your conquering. If you want to get in at the hoob, 
going through Lenny Koopa is easy. You just got to jump on my head three times. But uh, again, through Bowser, that's going to be a little bit more work. I'm doing a lot of really weird video game references. I'm not on any strong medication for those listening that are wondering what the hell's wrong with Dan today. Anyway, let's get into season win totals because... Uh, oh, by the way, rate and review the podcast, but don't do it right now because obviously you're thinking this is the worst thing I've ever listened to. Neil, where did we leave off last week? I want to jump right into it. Uh, we got through the M's. We got through Minnesota Timberwolves. So we're going to start off tonight with uh, the Pelicans. Well, is it the Pelicans? It is the Pels, I think. It yeah. is the Pelicans, yes. Um, so, yeah, we have... Um, 36 and a half. Is that what the opening number was? I have 37 and a half. Oh, interesting. Okay. Did you have 36 and a half? So it's yeah. Gone up. Uh, I, I maybe, wonder, no, maybe it's gone down. Anyway, uh, I, 37. I'm wondering if maybe it went up. Well, we'll we'll sort it out, maybe. Um, <laughs> who's going first on this one? You want to flip a fake coin? Yes, go ahead and do it. Oh, good. A screaming child. Perfect <laughs> for the podcast. That's pretty much how things are going for me right now. Asher wants to uh, flip the coin for us. It is in the air. Neil, call it in the air. Here it is. Call it. Heads. It's heads. You get to choose. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, you can go first. Uh, <laughs> thanks. No, I'm kidding. I'll go first. You probably have kids to deal with. So no, it's fine. My wife is home. She's got the kid. He's just having a temper tantrum. It's life, man. That's life. It's all part of the pod experience. You can welcome into my house, everybody. Um, I can go first on that. That's fine. Uh, Pelican, okay. I actually have the over 36 and a half on this team. I, um, it, It's kind of the... It's almost like for me, I didn't want to be a hypocrite in the way that I handicap things. If I had gone under with this team, it would have gone against almost all of my main handicapping principles. Uh, and that is a team losing a superstar. Generally, you you fade that loss, meaning you the, the assumption is that the win total will drop precipitously. And in fact, it doesn't as much. This is sort of a weird... The Pelicans are kind of a, uh, a weird test case because I think they've been getting almost forced positive coverage from the media. Is that an experience you've had as well? Like everything that people say about New Orleans is good, even when it's something that's not good news. Everything is positive spin right now for this team. Have you been seeing that as well? Yeah, well, I feel like they uh, definitely are like a darling right now in the league because of Zion and because uh, the deal they made. So maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. I, I, I've seen a lot of, yeah, positive coverage. I never thought of it that way though. You think the NBA is steering it that way to make them. I do. Kind of, uh, you really I, do. Okay. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's fine. I mean, I think it's a good move actually as, as a, a league, as a, an overarching umbrella to color teams that have to get rid of their superstars in a positive light. If this was framed by the NBA as a massive loss and a massive failure, uh, that would be terrible for other small market teams that end up having to trade superstars in the future. And that's going to happen again, right? I mean, we know it's going to happen again. So uh, this is a really nice opportunity because there are a lot of little good things that have happened to and around the Pelicans. Um, But I do think there's been a concerted effort to kind of color this in a positive light. Because let's be honest here, uh, yeah, they got a lot of assets down the line in the future. That's great and all. Um, and they got some young players that, you know, four months ago people all said were massive busts, right? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about the same guys that everybody hated when they were on the Lakers, and now they love them now that they're on the Pelicans. Uh, so, yeah, I think a lot of it is spin. I mean, I liked yeah. these guys when they were on the Lakers, but the world didn't. So, 
for me to say this is still a decent team, I don't feel like I'm going against what I said when they were on the Lakers. But at the same time, these guys didn't win that many games with the Lakers. So you're adding Drew Holiday to that mix, and suddenly this is media darling? Um, fine, but I still, I still went with the over, because I think if they have some measure of health, I think they'll be relatively good even in a tough Western Conference. What are you thinking with this team? Yeah, I have them over two. I have them at uh, 39 wins for the year. I have their Pythagorean last year at 37, so above their actual 33 by four games. And then, like you said, um, it is that injured – or not the injured. It's the traded starter theory that um, you are teaching me on. So I, I kind of factor that to my analysis, along with the fact that I like their offseason uh, in addition to trade, but they got um, J.J. Redick on this team. They have Derek Favors. They've got some depth um, on this team. They've got some good young players. So we'll, we'll, I think I think Zion's going to be someone who can make an immediate impact right away. Um, and so I am going with the over as well. Yeah, I don't even think Zion needs to be that good for them to get to the over because I really like Drew Holiday. I think Lonzo's better than people thought when he was on the Lakers. And again, you know, media coverage, whatever, throw it all away. He was actually a big reason why the Lakers won games when they actually won games. It was largely his defense, his rebounding, his sort of the the basketball IQ, and the fact that he couldn't make a shot wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, I don't know what to make of Brandon Ingram. He's an isolation basketball player uh, on a team that's going to need to move the basketball. So we'll see how that all fits in. And then Josh Hart is sort of like a who-cares thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this is by all accounts, going to be a good offensive team. The Pelicans historically have been one of the higher-paced teams, and they're going to win games just by kind of sticking to those guns. And now they have a really, really good defensive backcourt in Holiday and Lonzo. So uh, they're going to keep people out of the paint. They don't need necessarily the rim protection they had last year, but they have it anyway because, Neil, like you said, massively underrated Derek Favors is going to be playing big minutes for this team. I actually can't wait to do the team breakdown on them because uh, I'm I'm a huge Derek Favors fan on the fantasy standpoint. So you and I agree on this one. We agreed on five out of six last week, which was pretty wild. Yeah, I wasn't sure how you're going to go on this one. This one was tough for me because of that, uh, because the West is so difficult. And uh, the, who knows? There's, there's a lot of uh, changes in this lineup, so... We'll see how that plans out. Uh, yeah, I think the world wants them to win. I think that they're going to be playing harder than a lot of teams that they go up against. Um, and uh, again, you know, if they're healthy coming out of the gates, that's going to be a big deal for them because these guys were not healthy when they were on the Lakers. And uh, that that obviously could derail things pretty quickly. Um, let's, lump, let's jump along to the other new team in the end way from New Orleans to New York, the Knicks. 27 and a half. I went first on the last one, Neil, so you got to lead us into this one. Uh, Dan, when it's New York, I go under. It's this that simple. Uh, I'm going 26 games. Um, they only won 16 last year by Pythagorean count. They've got, I know they've got guys who are going to play hard, and Julius Randle certainly would be one of those guys. Maybe Gibson gets some minutes there. Mitchell Robinson, as we know, is going to be a fantasy darling. Um, I just don't believe in R.J. Barrett yet, Dennis Smith Jr. I don't believe in this organization and that's just really it um i know they're due for a bounce back eventually um but uh, i don't see it happening this year i am going to go over i know does that blow your does that blow your mind 
No, I no, not really. Because I, I actually had a feeling you're going to go over. Because yeah, I'm a, this I'm is one of those theories where this team is so bad that maybe you go over. Yeah, I'm a contrarian at heart yeah, to, on this yeah. type of stuff. So I actually think that this is going to be the uh, learn a lesson from Brooklyn year for the New York Knicks, where they realized, they thought, I'm, I'm trying to work like a multi-year angle into this one. This Knicks, uh, whatever you want to call it, dumpster fire of a front office for the last decade has thought that they could just kind of suck their way into superstars because of Madison Square Garden. And it didn't work because the team right down the street was better organized and the players didn't really care that much if they were in Brooklyn or in Manhattan. It's a subway trip. Uh, I think the Knicks learned a lesson. They got thumped emotionally I mean I know they lost a lot of games they actually got thumped on the court as well but they got thumped emotionally by losing the battle to their sort of the redheaded stepchild if as it were and that isn't anymore and all the 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 Kevin Durant's and the Kyrie Irvings basically all came out and said it's organizational we love the way Brooklyn set themselves up they they showed they could win games they showed they could do uh, nice roster construction things. Sean Marks is, is a sharp dude. They like the the front office. Uh, they like Kenny Atkinson. I, I think the Knicks learned their lesson. I think this is the year where they're going to actually try to go out there and win a few basketball games to prove to the free agents of two years from now, it's two seasons they're going to have to do this, that they're not the joke of the NBA anymore. And it starts immediately with not looking stupid. Over the course of a year, no more front office stupidity, uh, no more disgustingly ugly and not at all subtle tank jobs. They're going to try to win some basketball games. And in the clunker East, you can walk into 15 wins a year because there are other teams that are equally terrible, if not worse than New York. Uh, They brought in some veteran-ish players with this ridiculous power forward lineup that they've built. So they're not going to be good. They're not going to be good. They're going to be far from good. Uh, but I think they're striving for 30. And I think the emotional standpoint is going to actually overpower the lack of actual talent. And they're going to... This is going to be one of those teams, Neil, where the the Pythagorean number, the the real value is going to be like 25. And the, the in real life number is going to be like 30 because they just cared more than five teams that they were playing over the course of the year. So I'm going over. So it goes. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I just can't I can't uh, bet on a loser until they win. Yeah, that's probably a reasonable thing. That's like, why would you chase a stock on the way down? And here I am, chasing away. Uh, <laughs> the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I had them at 32. And, oh, by the way, we didn't even oh. say what number we had the Knicks at. I yeah, had at I'm sorry. 27 and a half is what I had. Yeah, at. okay. You and I were the same. Uh, Thunder were, they were 32 and a half. Did that move? I, I think that moved. You know, I have not even looked at the numbers recently. I, sh- I apologize. But I have it at 32 and a half as well when we did this. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. It's still, at, uh, it's still at 32 and a half. Okay, so we can roll with that one. This is obviously post both mega trades. I think they were in the, the mid to high 40s when they still had Paul George and Russell Westbrook. That dropped precipitously. Um, this, is a, this is a really tough one, Neil, because we don't know if they're going to be able to move Chris Paul when... Other free agent contracts are available to be moved, which I believe is mid-December, right? Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, three months, right? Yep. This team should actually be okay for the first two months of the NBA regular season from October to November, from November to December, they could be a 500 team. I think they should be about a 500 team. You know, I know they lost two very good basketball players, but if Chris Paul is remotely healthy, they'll be okay. Uh, but they might not have Chris Paul after mid-December. They might not have Danilo Gallinari after mid-December. They might not have Steven Adams after mid-December, which could turn them from, in my estimation, about a 500 team to a team that's on pace to win about 15 games the rest of the year. How do you bet a team like that? Uh, for me, I bet the team that's there. And I bet that Chris Paul's contract is almost impossible to move. And so I took the over with this team, thinking that most of those guys are going to be in Oklahoma City for the majority of the year. Uh, and I think that there's sort of more in the tank with CP3 than people want to give him credit for. And I think he's kind of pissed about the whole thing, too. Yeah, well, he's a he's a competitor. I don't think as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to play. And like you said, it may not be easy to move that contract. So I am evaluating this one that he's going to be there as well, along with their other players. Um, so I have him at thirty four wins. Nice. They were actually, yeah, so I'm slightly over. I don't think I'd make this bet though. Yeah, it's a tough that. one. That's a tough. I don't one. think I'd actually met. I would never make this bet, but. Um, I do think they have players that are pretty good and veterans that play hard and play well, play smart. So, you know, Gallinari, if he's there, I like um, Adams. Uh, I think he's going to have a massive year rebounding at least. Massive. Uh, yes, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, go to Alexander, should get better. Let's see how Roberson looks, if he can um, bounce back from the injury and look pretty good. I I just think it's going to be – it's like that um, – they're kind of like, well, they just play hard. And I think they have a smart coach. And I think they will they'll get after it. I know it sounds very generic. But I just it's one of those things, too, when you lose two stars and the market tends to devalue you too much. Yep. So There's a lot of things that, that you said that I agree with. And it really does come down to the market moving way, way too far uh, in because of how many pieces this team does have left. I'll tell you, if someone came to me, and this is all I would need to know. I mean, it's obviously a big piece of the puzzle but if someone came to me and said dan chris paul will still be a thunder after the trade deadline uh this would probably be my most confident bet out of all 30 teams because oh, wow right like if you knew that this team was gonna make it through the whole year as this roster 32 and a half is easy for this roster easy but the reason that number to me is so low is because three of their best players could be gone by mid-season and then it goes to like a zero confidence bet. So I got to call it something in the middle, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I love the over on this. If, I, if someone could come to me from the future and all I would need to ask them, I wouldn't even ask them if it went over. I just wanted to know, is Chris Paul still a thunder in March? And I'd bet, I'd bet the house on the over in that spot. Uh, but we can't know that. No one's coming back from the future with a, uh, you know, Michael J. Fox and, and uh, Doc Brown, Christopher Lloyd are not coming back with an almanac. Do you know who played Biff in Back to the Future? I don't. Uh, anyway, none of them is coming back with an almanac. And so, uh, yeah, you probably have to leave it alone, which is a damn shame because I think this team is is basically a 500 ball club if they're intact all season long. Uh, the Magic, you get to go first on this one. I have the number at 41 and a half. Yeah, I, I have it at 41 and a half as well. Um, Orlando, actually, I have going over. Um I'm curious to what you're going to say because I think we may disagree. Uh, I have at 45 wins. 
43 last year by Pythagorean. Um, I like that they have the continuity of the roster. I like the fact that they have the continuity of the coach. I think he's a very good coach, Steve Clifford. Um, I know they don't have uh, maybe the best talent out there, but um, they do have – I think Isaac gets a bigger role this year, and hopefully he improves. Uh, Vucevic is steady. Mo Bamba perhaps has a positive impact. And then the addition of Alfre Camino I think is going to be helpful as well. Uh, on this team. Um, so I've got them at 45 wins. Yeah, I have them significantly lower than you, but unfortunately that puts it basically right at the number. I had them at 41, which sadly makes it an under, but it's one of the least confident unders on the board, uh, you know, missing it by a half point, basically is coin flip territory. Uh, I think actually because, number one, they needed to address a point guard situation this offseason, and they didn't. Instead, they brought in depth at a position where they really need to be giving more minutes to Jonathan Isaac, and that is Aminu. So I think there's a, a weird bit of kind of suppression there. They, this team was at their best when they finally let Jonathan Isaac kind of turn loose a little bit. He was he was a little bit of their X factor last year. Uh, Vooch, I think, is going to be... Uh, a click or two down from last season. I, I know we hate to talk about contract stuff, but he got paid and there's just not going to be quite that same fire. I uh, don't really much care for Aaron Gordon's game overall. He's fine, I suppose. But to me, the, the, the big issue here is that, that, you know, this is can't be a team built with DJ Augustine as their starting point guard. Sorry, DJ. He, he, he's just, he's a backup. He's a backup. It's a massive priority and they totally, and they biffed it. They didn't get anything to fill in that spot. Uh, Mo Bamba is still buried on the depth chart, so I, I don't know that I can factor him in a big way. So I think that a couple of those 50-50 games go the wrong way for this team. They, they're numbered just a little bit lower than last year, um, but also makes it a bet that I basically can't make because I don't think it's enough to where I'd say, oh, yeah, they're obviously going under because you know one game goes the wrong way or right way and that flips to the other side of the coin. So... Uh, I mean, I, I technically I am on the other side than you, but I almost don't want to count this one because it's probably my my third from the bottom in terms of bets that I would consider making out of all 30 teams. But, you know, technical technically we are on opposite sides, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Can we can I can I make mine just like a foggy grayed out number? I almost don't want to give my opinion on this one. Oh, interesting. But that's the whole point of having the half games, right? We have to make it a side. I know, I know. All right, so I'm under. That's a shame. Uh, you do know they got Markel Fultz. He, he was the number one pick a couple years ago. You know what? I don't have sound effects for this podcast, but I can make <laughs> one myself. <laughs> Here, let me just move where the microphone is placed, and I'll make the sound effect I want to make. Can we? Okay, listen. Um, my voice is a little bit beat up today, but I do need to I do need to rant and rave briefly. Uh, why... <sighs> Neil, this Mark Fultz thing hurts my head in a way that Tylenol and Advil can't fix. <laughs> the NBA has done such a good thing by putting uh, like psychiatric counseling help mandatory with every team, right? Wasn't that something that broke last week, that every team has someone on retainer? Oh, gosh. I did not see that. I'm sorry. Something like uh, that. Uh, that sounds fantastic, though. It's it's outstanding. It's incredibly progressive. It's a wonderful idea. Every single website that tweeted it used the same picture of Kevin Love. He's the, he's the poster boy for this, uh, which I kind of felt bad about it a little bit. But you know what? He put himself out there. So great. Um, meanwhile, it's, it's like the most the, – these two concepts can't exist at the same time in my mind. Meanwhile – 
Meanwhile, back at the <laughs> the Orlando uh, Super Friends house, we have Mar- Markel Fultz, where no one in the NBA is willing to admit that this problem is between his ears. We have we have every team now has uh, someone a therapist on retainer, but we can't say that Markel Fultz has the yips. How can these things exist at the same time? It's not his shoulder. This has happened in other sports. This is a thing that happens. It's not a. It's not his shoulder. It's not. I'm sure if nobody was watching him, the guy probably shoots the ball just fine anyway. It's it's the brain. It's the most powerful muscle, tendon, ligament of all, and it's broken. And I feel like until we just admit that he's going through something, it's never going to get fixed. He hasn't been practicing. He's nowhere near playing. Whatever. You know what? Whatever. I'm done. I'm cooked. All right. I'm shutting well, her down. Let, let, let me just jump in for one second because I, I might have an explanation, but I could be totally wrong as well because uh, I haven't seen a lot of reports. But I do think it's it's – I don't think you want to make it public unless the player is incumbent upon it because if it's, a, if it's a mental health issue, which I agree it is. But if he doesn't want to publicly state that, then it's not going to be reported in the media that way because they, they want to probably keep his privacy. I know. I know. But Markel's got to get over that. He's got to get over it. If he wants to. Well, maybe, he's, thing, maybe he's, he's OK with it in private, but just not in public. Uh, I don't know. It's brutal, man. It's unfair to himself if that if it's and I believe you. I think it probably is his decision and probably his agent as well, who's just like, look, if we admit this thing is your brain, no one's going to sign you until you show them that you can make a free throw. If it's your shoulder, people are going to keep gambling on you. And to me, it's added pressure on someone who's clearly dealing with something big, which yes. it feels like it's it's become this weird like negative feedback loop. He's got to he or his agent or whoever is responsible for this nonsense, whether it's a subreddit and someone, I mean, that feels like what happened, right? There was that whole subreddit where a doctor was like, he has this weird shoulder thing that I've seen before. And here's all the pictures that show his shoulder doing a funny thing. And then, you know, damn well that Markel's agent was just like, yep, we're running with that one. That looks perfect. That's the story. Now, uh, Reddit doesn't usually come before reality. You know, I, I, They've got to. They've got to do something about this. Someone's got to step in in that Markel camp and just say, "Look, until we admit what's going on here, we're not going to get better. We're not. It's not fair to him if he continues to play with this pressure of people expecting something to magically get better with his shoulder. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Anyway, whatever. I feel. I feel bad for the kid. I think they're handling this thing crazily, and uh, maybe I'll be proved wrong some someday. We can go back to this episode, and I'll. I'll write a mea culpa to the Fultz team, uh, but I don't think I am. I don't think I am. So they don't. They still need a point guard, by the way. So what, so sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it, it's a very bizarre situation, and it, it, it's it's more um, one of feeling sorry for than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Really, yeah, I don't root against this kid. I have no reason to root yeah. against him. He's done nothing to offend me in any way. I just think that someone's giving him very bad advice in all of yeah. this. Uh, Philly one of the highest totals on the board is this my turn do i have to go first on this one i think i do it is it is your turn all right this one's gonna be i think this is gonna surprise a lot of people because generally when i see a really big number my inclination is to go under it but i think philly is is primed for a massive year this is one of those times where i'm riding with the public uh i love the al Horford signing it covers joel Embiid absences which are going to happen they don't have the same floor spacing they had last year but i think they have a level of focus during the regular season 
they want to stomp some people. I think they want home court. I think they feel like they have something to prove. Uh, and they they poured a butt ton of money into this team. So uh, Also, by the way, Ben Simmons gets clobbered because he's not a great playoff performer when teams can really key in on him, but he's outstanding during the regular season. The East is terrible. If you're playing hard in a terrible East, you're going to rack up a lot of wins. So I'm actually going over on Philly. Does that surprise you? No, I'm going over as well. Oh, my, my God. Better, Look at that's that. That's one of my better bets, actually. This nice. is, might be one of my favorites, yeah. I'm at 56 wins. So um, so do I, actually. Same number on that one. Fair enough. So 53 and a half is the number. Is that what you said? Also, yeah, yeah, I think I skipped that. So, yes, that, that's right. Yeah, so um, 56 is what I have. I totally agree with you in that. They they may see this as one of their years to really push for it. I mean, not that they didn't last year, but I mean they they probably see it wide open this year and they they could take the East. And they've got I know Josh Richardson is not um someone you love, but I think he is gonna help this team defensively. They I have agree. made they have one of maybe the best defensive uh on paper teams I've seen. They're huge. You know, They're like an I obscenely mean, massive yes. team. Yeah, it's like that Iron Man guy. It's like <laughs> he just like stops everything. Like yeah. It's it's gonna be fun to watch. And like you said, um Ben Simmons just puts so much pressure offensively and defensively on every team. And uh yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna crush some teams. And I think they're gonna might they might get to sixty. I wouldn't be shocked if they got there this year. Is their smallest Josh Richardson is gonna be the smallest starter for them, yes. right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. This team is massive. He's six <laughs> six. This is gonna be it's gonna be so fun to watch to see how this goes against. I mean, and they're not like they're not slow. They're no. fast. These are these are like really high end athletes. I mean, they all are, of course, in the NBA. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. They're they're yeah. they're they're insanely gigantic. <laughs> they're gigantic. Everybody on that team is the biggest dude ever. Uh, and then, like, not only like you said, not only are they gigantic, but they're fast. Joel Embiid is. He probably has the fastest fast twitch muscle in the NBA. Have you ever? I mean, I haven't seen a seven footer move like him in thirty years. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Uh, he, he, Horford, mo- he moves like a wing. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy. Al Horford, six eleven, and he's brilliant defensively. He can guard the perimeter. He can guard the interior. Tobias Harris is gigantic. I mean, he's not gigantic, I guess, but he's pretty big. Ben Simmons, he's six ten. Also, <laughs> 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 what the hell, man? Uh, yeah, I love it. You and I both. We we see eye to eye on this one. There, like you said, there's, I mean, this team was a, a a goofball bounce away from beating the the eventual champions. Yeah, you know? they're they're as good as anyone last year in the league, and they I think they got better. So yeah, I like them this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they covered, and I think they'll find a way to address some of their shooting woes, if you want to call it that. If the ability to sort of get some more three-point shooters out there. there those guys always float around by mid-season, right? There's always buyouts. There's always, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it really is generally buyouts. Um, the, the, they'll show up if it turns out that's something that they desperately need. I'm not convinced that it's something that they desperately need during the regular season anyway. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you're probably going to need a little bit more spacing in the playoffs. But with Ben Simmons just running it down your throat on every possession, uh he, Richardson, Embiid, Tobias Harris, Al Horford. I think that's more than enough to handle the regular season. Oh, they're going to be weird, man. It's going to be a strange team to watch, but I think they're going to beat a lot of people. So do you, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, Phoenix, last one on the docket for today. Um, I know it's your turn to go first, but I can tell you my analysis on this one that I wrote down on the paper in front of me is 
I don't have a great feel for this one. This is this is one of the ones where I legitimately didn't have a bet to make. The number I had was twenty six and a half. Where are you going with this? Uh, twenty six and a half is yeah. So I'm going under. Just I'm at twenty six wins. So it's one of those where I don't have a great feel either. I have them right a half game under. I just um, I just worry about uh, gosh. I, I, it's one of those of organization. It's one of those organization things where I just don't believe in the organization. I know they have some decent young talent. I do like the addition of Rubio. I do think Ubre is going to have a great fantasy year, um, and Mikel Bridges is is a good player. But um, and Sarge, I think will complement fine. I just don't know how they're all going to fit together. They're in a very difficult West. They don't. I don't believe in their coach just yet. Um, so I'm just going slightly under. Who the hell is their coach right now? Is that the same guy from last year? Did they fire him? Yeah, they fired Kakas. Oh Cuff. gosh! Well, then, then never mind. I don't, so even, I don't, know even, who's, know. I don't even know who's coaching this team right now. <laughs> well, then, no, no. Who's their coach? Somebody out um, there. It's Monty Williams. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. Which is fine. He's okay. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, you're right. Yep. They're in they're in they're in growth mode still, which I think I would lean to the under as well. I think you and I can probably agree we don't want anything to do with this total. Uh, but again, you know, we're playing a game here where we're betting all thirty of them. So, oh boy, uh, twenty six and a half. Good grief! I'm gonna go over just so you and I are on opposite sides for no other reason at all. Just so that at the end of the year we can laugh, one of us can laugh at the other one, right? We're not betting this one anyway. <laughs> no, I would not touch this at all. No. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, we're 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 done with Phoenix. Um, I also, by the way, I do like the Ricky Rubio edition as well. I think that's they finally got a point guard that is that can distribute um, mm-hmm. because they need someone to to take Devin Booker off ball a little bit. He's a great shooter, but damn, that assist-to-turnover ratio has not been good for Devin in his young career so far. Um, I, I like oh. this team from a fantasy standpoint much more than I do from a win-loss standpoint. Oh, yeah, I was about to say that. I like all these players being able to contribute and put up decent decent value fantasy-wise. I, I think, just don't know how they're going to fit together in terms of wins-losses. Yeah, so. I, they don't, to me, have the right... I don't know that there's the right makeup to, to get those those tough wins... Um, I need to see more good de- good decision making from the Suns. That's been so so severely and obviously lacking over the last half decade for this team. Like they're just yes, Devin Booker is an awesome offensive player, but his decision making on the floor is questionable at best. I mean, it's like if his teammates make one mistake, then he decides it's time to take thirty shots, and if he makes fifteen mistakes, well, it's still time to take thirty shots. I don't. I don't like that. There's, there's got to be a change of. There's got to be a change of style with this team because it's always just been chuck, chuck, chuck. Uh, they did get rid of T.J. Warren, and he was one of the. He was one of their chuckers who actually shot fifty percent. Heaven forbid. Um, I mean, there's just. I don't know. I mean, you look at this team, and, and is anyone going to challenge Devin Booker for the basketball? It's going to have to be Monty Williams who says, "Look, you got to give this thing to Ricky Rubio. Let him run an offensive set, and then." You know, we'll try to get a look. I think Ricky Rubio could have an interesting year, by the way. I know we're not talking fantasy right now, but uh, with the way the Suns, you know, the up-and-down goofball defense that they play, he could actually get some nice steals this season. 
Oh yeah, I think he's going to have a decent season. Um, although I am worried about how that fit's going to be because what if Booker doesn't um, acquiesce? I don't then? care actually. I don't care because you know half of his assists are going to be just like walking into the half court, handing it to Booker, who fires immediately. <laughs> <laughs> So that's good enough, man. I don't need him to make a fancy pass. You just hand it to the guy you know he's going to shoot immediately. That's all you got to do. And then, like in Utah, they actually try to play defense by staying in front of their man. So Rubio's steals went down because they weren't allowed to gamble. Uh, I don't know that Phoenix has that discipline. I think there's going to be a lot of gambling. I think Booker's going to get roasted. And so guys are going to be all over the place. He's going to come up with loose balls like it's going out of style. Anyway, we're getting, I'm getting off topic, I guess. That's a fantasy discussion, and I already talked about this team last week. Uh, Neil, only one more season win total show next week, and then we'll actually have to figure out something else to talk about. Oh, gosh, that's right. We're almost done. I'm trying to think. Anyway, I wonder how much we disagree on. I was just trying to figure out that in my head. Oh, but I guess it's a, we I have to go it. back and figure that out later. I know. Anyway, we we'll have to type them up. Anyway, I will say that, yeah, this one I have no certainty about. I think they could have six decent fantasy. Six players of fantasy relevancy. We'll see how it turns yeah, out. Uh, Booker, DeAndre Ayton, yeah. Rubio, Ubre, yeah. maybe Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges is Sarich. I don't think I'm going to put Sarich in the list. Yeah, Sarich is is the borderline. Yeah, I'd say five. Everyone, those five, I think, are almost guaranteed to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, five guys inside the top 100. I agree. I'm with yeah, you on yeah. that one. Um, but having five guys doesn't necessarily translate to 30 wins. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll finish it up. It'll be Blazers, Kings, Spurs, Raptors, Jazz, and nobody beats the Wiz. Neil, uh, you and Josh on Thursday? I'm waiting for a confirmation, but yes, hopefully it's Josh. (laughs) I love that that's the response every time I ask you. Yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. Uh, At Ball with Neil, B-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-N-E-I-L. We always have fun on Tuesdays, man. I I love talking to you. Um, Let's keep listening to the show. Neil's back on Thursday. I am going to spare you listening to me monologue about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so I, Neil, will talk to you shortly. So long, buddy. So long. That's the great Neil Rochelani. I love that guy. You know what I love most about Neil Rochelani? He's not wrong very often, which should make me nervous when I disagree with him on stuff. He's just not wrong. These numbers guys, they have a knack for getting things right. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder is what I want to get into today. I, I, I teased it on yesterday's podcast because I do think it's a relatively interesting team from a fantasy standpoint, because there has been such a massive turnover. No Paul George, no Russell Westbrook. Plenty of interesting names remain. Added Chris Paul, Gallo, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They still have Dennis Schroeder. They still have Steven Adams. They re-signed somehow Nerlens Noel. I, I fully don't understand why... Uh, Nerlens is back with his team. Perhaps he's under the impression that Steven Adams won't be there after the halfway point. I don't know. This leaves us in a little bit of a predicament. Chris Paul. We'll start at the top and work our way down. Chris Paul was number 23 last year on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues, and by all accounts, it was his worst fantasy season in 15 years, basically. Uh, 15.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 8 assists, which is still fine, 2 steals, but Uh, basically a career-worst, 42% from the field. That was always a number that was pretty good for Chris Paul. 
but his shot wasn't dropping. He didn't have the lift he normally had. And playing on a Houston team that really didn't like him taking his mid-range shots. That was always the Chris Paul bread and butter in his time uh, in New Orleans and with the Clippers. Was getting basically the elbow. A lot of elbow jumpers as part of pick and roll. He'd, he'd move a big man back and then a little leaning elbow jumper. I think you're going to see him allowed to do in Oklahoma City basically whatever he wants. He's going to be running the offense. Uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He still has excellent court vision and decision-making. He always has one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios. Uh, I love Chris Paul this year. I, I, I know that there's the injury stuff, and it's going to creep up, but I sort of don't care because basically like we saw last year, when Chris Paul used to be at his best, and we're not going to see quite those numbers, but it's a lot, it's a lot similar to what we saw from Kawhi Leonard this year, where he was the number seven player on a per-game basis, but missed 20 games. Kawhi missed 22. So on a per-game, he was number seven, but he was so good on a per-game basis that even missing a quarter of the season, Kawhi Leonard was still number 18 by totals. You could downgrade that a little bit. You know, say Chris Paul is more of a late first-round pick as opposed to a mid-first-round pick. But if he plays 65 games, he could be a late second-round guy. Very difficult to own in head-to-head. I will give you that. Most of what I talk about in this podcast is built on nine-category Roto Leagues. If you squeeze 65 games of, let's say, you know, 10th, 11th ranked value out of a guy you draft in the third round, that's a, that's a steal. That's a win. That's a guy whose end-of-the-season value is actually out in front of where you drafted him. And that's all you're really trying to do in a Roto League is make every draft pick finish the year with value higher than where you drafted them. Okay, maybe not every draft pick. Probably your first nine picks. And then your last four to six, you want you take shots in the dark. You hope for guys that are way outperforming or way underperforming because then you can drop them pretty fast. So I like Chris Paul this year. I think he's a reasonable risk to take in Roto Leagues. Uh, even if you only get 50 or 55 games out of him, he's still not going to be a total disaster because he's going to put up big numbers when he's on the floor. Uh, question is, where does he end up after the midway point? That's, of course, the the rub with Chris, is that he might not be a Thunder in March. He might be gone by late December, and then he'd be playing a backup role in, say, Miami. Still, the, uh, to me, Houston was probably one of the worst fits in the NBA for Chris Paul because he played with such a ball-dominant teammate and in a system that devalued some of the stuff he does best, which is run a half-court offense. And mid-range shots. Steven Adams, uh, you're going to see his rebounding numbers come up. There's almost no question about it. Without Chris Paul taking all of them, it's going to go to him. He's an outstanding rebounder. The fact that he was able to get to the numbers he was despite Russell Westbrook taking all of his rebounds away is a testament exactly to how hard he works on the glass. Steven Adams was number 78 in 9-cat last year, despite a brutal free throw percentage, and to me, that number's coming up. He should have a fantastic year. He might also get moved, but nobody's taking on that giant contract unless they're planning on playing him. So I like Steven Adams as well. He's a tough guy to have. Now, he's better fit probably for head-to-head because of the free throw percentage, but, you know, you set that aside, value is value. To be number 78 with one of the worst free throw numbers in the NBA tells you how good he was in everything else. 
So he'll be inside the top 100 pretty easily. Again, if he was 78 last year, I think you're looking at a guy who could crawl his way up towards the top 50 this season. Maybe call it top 60. Danilo Gallinari. See, now this is an injury spot where I'm a little bit nervous. He ended the season last year as number 28 in 9-cat, and he played basically a career high. He got to 68 games. That's just not a number that he's sniffed in recent memory. I can't imagine he can stay that healthy again. Last year, to me, was a best-case scenario. Now, for Gallo, a lot of it's going to come down to where he gets drafted. Are people going to take him thinking that that's the guy they're going to get? A top 30 guy who misses 15 games. I don't think you can bank on that. How could you? He finished at 34 overall, despite missing the 14 games. That's how good he was last year. I think he's a guy that still falls at least to 60 in a lot of drafts because of the fear surrounding his game. Uh, But he's one of the few guys in Oklahoma City that can really score. He's an offensive-minded player. Chris Paul's a distributor. Steven Adams is mostly working the glass. Gallo and Schroeder are probably your two guys that you could classify as traditional offensive talents on this team. I don't like Dennis Schroeder's game. Uh, He's obviously going to have more to do this year. You know, he averaged 29 minutes a game last season, and he'll see probably more than that this year. Uh, But his fantasy game is lacking. He didn't shoot the ball well. He doesn't take three-pointers. That's a bad combination. Decent free-throw numbers. Doesn't get steals the way you'd hope from someone with his speed. A lot of points. Does he finish inside the top 100? That's the question we're trying to answer on these team breakdowns. And I'm going to say yes. Barely. He's going to get drafted at 75, and he's going to finish at, like, 98. He's one of the closest ones you could call on this thing, just because his popcorn numbers are going to come up with no Westbrook and no Paul George. They have to. There's sort of no way around it. He's going to play. Chris Paul's going to miss some time, so he'll get in there and he'll play starters minutes. Uh, He's a guy I like more in head-to-head because of the popcorn numbers. And Roto, I think he hurts you in too many places. So I'm a little bit less shrewdery, but I'm putting him inside the top 100. So Chris Paul... Gallo, uh, Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the last one to talk about. Uh, He finished last year at number 103 on a totals basis because he played in all 82 games. He finished at 141 on a per-game basis. He's going to be asked to do more this year as well. Uh, A lot of things to like about his fantasy game. Uh, He rebounded okay for a guard. Good percentages for a guard. Good steals and blocks for a guard. Uh, I don't know exactly what his role is going to be with the Thunder, but I'm going to put him inside the top 100 as well. Uh, Again, barely. One of these guys I'm going to be wrong about. Either Shea is going to finish just outside the top 100 or Schroeder is going to finish outside the top 100. One of those two guys is not going to quite make the, the cut. Maybe Dennis gets traded. I don't know. Um, Between those two guys, I'd probably rather have Shea because of the defensive stats, because I don't care that much about scoring. If you're into points, then obviously Schroeder's your guy. But for right now, I'm going to put them all inside. I'm going to say five guys inside the top 100 at the end of the year. Uh, I'm getting way too optimistic about this team. In more more likely cases, that four of those five guys actually make the top 100, and one of those last two I mentioned does not. Which of them are going to be good values? I think Chris Paul is going to be a good value. I think Gallo could probably be a good value. Uh, and I think Shea 
Yeah, I'm, uh, that's a tough one. I, I don't know what the hype train's going to look like for the young Canadian. So, uh, oddly enough, I think maybe two of the bigger name guys on this team might have more draft day value than the lesser name guys on this team because I think hype train's going to catch the lesser guys, and I think the hype train's going to dodge the injured old farts. But this is the advantage to Roto over head-to-head. The games, when they play them, doesn't matter. You just want as many as humanly possible. That's your Tuesday show, by the way, everybody. We'll wrap it up here because we're running a tiny bit on the long side. Dan Bespris, Neil Rochelani, season win totals, the fourth out of five, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tomorrow, Wednesday, I'll be talking to Brandon Marcus. We'll talk Denver and Utah wrapping up the Northwest Division as our spin around the NBA continues here on Fantasy NBA Today. Again, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. If you're enjoying what you hear, we obviously desperately desperately need those ratings and reviews to keep the show growing uh follow me on twitter at dan Bespers. follow neil at ball with neil check out hawaiian isles kona coffee and hit us up if you want to join get on the other side of the curtain here at hoop ball podcast blurb team coverage articles programming actually should have mentioned that on the first one looking for folks to get involved on that side as well there's a lot of things that we're bringing people on board for recruiting season here at the hoob have a wonderful tuesday everybody we'll talk to you tomorrow this has been a hoop bowl presentation